Welcome to the first episode of Behind the Voice. Here you'll find stories about all kinds of voice: peachy, buttery, infantile, riverbating, even sensual. You name it. There's no better medium than a podcast to explore the marvel of different professions, relying solely on their voices. We want to focus only on one of the five senses. Hearing, and from there to have a deeper understanding about how we perceive our world with sound waves. We're a team of four: Anait, Isha, Yachun, and Inka. Pretty diverse voices and accents you see. Here are the four professions to be explored in our following episodes: saxophone operator, cartoon dubber, ventriloquist, and acting coach. If you are curious about people who work with their voices, you are at the right place. What is better than having the voices telling you its own story while you are having a coffee break? Warning: This episode contains adult language and content. Hi, Mr. Baker. How's it going? You're not feeling great. Well, is that because you've been a particularly bad little pet for me? Someone needs a little bit of a、uh, punishment, is what I'm hearing. Well, I do still have that cat of nine tails you sent me last month. How about you go over to your couch, like? A good pet, bend over, and I want you to take.、Mm, I'm sure you've got a nice pair of boots near you, and just hit the back of your ass as hard as you can with that heel, and imagine it was my cat of nine tails stinging the fuck out of you right now. Did you ever wonder how sex operators work? Today, you're gonna find out everything about it. You will meet Amberly, a 30-year-old sex operator from the U.S. who is specialized as a dominatrix. She is in the profession since 18 years old, and you can imagine how many stories she has from interacting with her clients. So I'm going to call him Kyle, not his name.、Um, <laughs> Kyle calls me every Thursday night at about 6:30 to 6:45, just you know, in that time zone. He's gonna call me, and he is probably gonna be a good hour-long phone call. And he is a bit of an adrenaline junkie. He just wants really crazy sexual tasks to do. So,、uh, for example, about a month ago was one of the most interesting ones we had. I had him like get on his phone, open up the Uber app, hop in an Uber, and. Have me get on the phone with the Uber driver and ha- tell the Uber driver what address he was going to go to. So he didn't even enter in the address. I told him what address to go to, and he went to a bathhouse for the first time in his life. And so he's around a whole bunch of like naked guys, and this guy's a a bit of a sissy. He likes to、um, kind of swing both ways, and he had his very first experience actually like. Going up to a glory hole and sucking a random person's penis at the at this the、uh, bathhouse, and he snuck the phone in there because he's not supposed to take a phone, so I could listen the entire time, and it was hysterical hearing him just like squeal with glee, and he was so happy to have this experience. He wanted to do it; he just needed that extra push of hearing someone say, "Well, you better do it," or you know. I could tell some of your other secrets to your friends. He had been wanting to do this for like the longest time, so it was really kind of cool hearing him have that experience. Amberly very much enjoyed speaking over the phone with clients seeking different needs. 
Over the years of practice, she found out how to turn on her clients while not exhausting herself. I used to actually masturbate and stuff and try to get into it because I felt like I had to. But your fingers will start hurting after a certain... Like, I'm just being real. I'm just <laughs> saying it how it is. But your fingers fingers will start hurting um, if you're doing an eight-hour shift. I mean, I can't, I can't masturbate for eight hours a day, five days a week. I can't do it. Can't. Can't. So... I just kind of took from those experiences of where I was doing that and I figured, okay, this is what I sound like when I'm actually turned on. Can I replicate that? Uh, these are the things I tend to say when I'm turned on. Can I replicate that? And soon I found myself able to wash dishes and take phone calls and you would be none the wiser. <laughs> Being a sex operator doesn't mean getting sex calls all the time. Um, a very common one I actually get is widowers their wives have died and they're just lonely at night and I have one guy until he passed away um and the way I know he passed away is we got really close so I knew his real name and when he stopped calling me for about a month because he called me every night I googled him and found his obituary um he would call me every night and we would watch a show called Matlock together it we never talked about sex it's just we would just tune into the same channel and we would watch the same show and we would discuss the show and I would tell him good night every night. It became a setup simply because like the first phone call we had, he was like, hey, do you like the show Matlock? And I said, yeah, my dad watched it when I was growing up. He's like, well, it's on channel. I think it was like on the ABC network and we were in two different time zones, but they were on at the same time. So I clicked over to my local channel and we began watching it and talking about it. The next night he called around the same time and we began watching it and it just kind of became a habit. So it wasn't something we set up intentionally. It just happened. I, I'm pretty sure he wanted that, though. I'm pretty sure that's what he was hoping for. Some guys call sex operators when they need to talk to someone who doesn't know them. This guy called me four years ago. I can almost remember the exact date. I'm going to call him Kevin. Um and Kevin calls me and I can just hear seagulls and I can hear pretty loud wind. Not so loud I couldn't hear him, but it felt like you could hear the beach, if that makes any sense. I could hear waves and water and I can also hear a light roar of cars. So we're talking and he's sniffling here and there. And I... I did. He wasn't mentioning that he was sad, so I try not to bring down the course of the conversation. Um, I try not to lead the conversation because I never know why someone needs to talk to me. So we're just talking, and he sounds a little bit happier over time, and a little bit happier over time. But there just it hits this point where it didn't seem like he was getting any happier. In fact, it sounds like he may be getting sadder. And it's about an hour into the conversation. So I finally say, I'm like, hey, you know, it sounds like you're at the beach. And he's like, yeah, I'm by a bridge. And I was like, okay, bridges are pretty. I frequently like to sit out on by a bridge by my house and like watch the fish. And he's like, yeah, I can see dolphins. So I'm like, okay, he's by the ocean. And I just keep mentioning stuff that like makes me happy about being near water because I'm personally, I, I swam competitively in high school and college. So I'm trying to keep it light and airy. And he finally goes, okay, look, it sounds like you know what's going on. And I 
it's not your fault. And I was like, well, I don't know what you mean by that. And he's like, okay, so I'm just calling to have some fun and talk to someone before I jump off this bridge. And just from the tone of his voice and the things we've been talking about before, I still think to this day he was serious. So I'm like, what do I do? Do I, if I hang up the phone, he's probably going to just jump. Um, Do I call the cops? What do I do? So I decided that it was just better to try and talk him down because by the time I call the cops, he's probably in the water. So I was like, no, that wasn't where I was going at all. And I was like, wow, that's a drastic decision. Why, what would bring you to that? And he was just talking about how, you know, his life's hopeless. It's never going to get better and all, all of this other stuff. And I told him, I was like, well, you know, I met someone today that I think is pretty nice. And I start bringing up some other stuff we were talking about, like how he likes to walk home. And like when he's walking home, there's a bunch of farms. He likes to feed the cows grass and pet them. And um, I was saying how he has, he's really compassionate. He's really nice. And we talked for another hour. And at the end of the hour, he I could hear like footsteps and I could hear the cars dying down and I could hear the water dying down. And he's like, you know, I was actually dead set on just hearing a friendly voice and then ending it. But at the end of the conversation with you, I, 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 I think I'm going to go home and make a couple of changes. And he talked to me like three or four times after that. And it sounded like his life was going under a better path. He got like a few months later, he got a better job. Um, a few weeks later after that, he finally moved out of his parents' house, which his parents weren't very nice to him from what he was telling me. And it just sounded like he got into a better place. I didn't hear from him. I haven't heard from him rather um, about two years after that. So I like to believe that maybe I made a difference in that one caller's life. Or he just had an elaborate story. Who knows? After publishing her book, How Made $10,000 a Month as a Phone Sex Operator, Amberly started giving talks on marketing in the adult industry. I love doing conferences. I've, I get a supreme enjoyment talking to my male clients, but I will not cry. I'm an adult. Um, damn it. <laughs> Fuck. Um, these past couple of conferences I've gone to, I've had girls come up to me holding my book, which is crazy seeing someone purchased my book, uh, ask me to sign it and then tell me that I've changed their life. I've taken them from, I'm not going to cry, damn it. I'm sorry. I'm, 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 I'm sappy. <laughs> um, I've taken them from having to have two to three jobs to now this is their only job. Um, another girl came up and told me that she used to have to beg her baby's father to pay his child support. Now she could care less if she ever talks to him again because she makes enough to be okay. Um, so it was moments like that that made me think I'm on the right path. This is what I need to be doing. And this is what I want to... I, I do love talking to my guys um, and I feel like I have a good impact on the guy's life, but if I can help more women be independent and make more money and take care of themselves, I feel like that's where I'm needed in the world, if that makes any sense. <laughs> 